Lockdown emissions, limited savings, but there is hope. We've had all this terrible kind of disruption to our economies, but we can build back better. That's the buzzword, if you like. The next big conversation on climate. What are the strategies that we need to do that will take us to, to this future world where we're not emitting carbon anymore? And the pleasure and pain of late snowfalls. Kids were off, they were out sledging, enjoying the snow, and I think it was just a case of let's enjoy the last bit of snow we're going to see before winter comes again. Hello, I'm Claire Nazir, and this is Weather Snap, the insider's guide to the week's weather brought to you direct from Met Office HQ. This week, a new report on global emissions confirmed that reductions caused by the COVID epidemic have been less than some might have hoped. Despite this, there are some grounds for optimism. Here's lead author of the report, Met Office climate scientist, Dr Chris Jones. What we've done here is we've assembled quite a big community across the climate research landscape to see if everybody gets the same answer when they do the same experiments with their models. So what was new here, we had 12 different groups around the world running their climate models at very short notice. We brought all of this together in about six months. What quite often happens when you do these um, experiments with our climate models, you get an answer, it tells you what's going to happen and so on. But when somebody else does the same experiment with a different model, they sometimes get different answers. So you need to build up a consensus so that you understand what's a robust finding or what's maybe, you know, still very uncertain. What did you conclude? So two things, I guess, if you kind of look on different timescales. So the first one is perhaps to climate scientists not surprising that we didn't find much change within the last 12 months in response to the emissions reduction. So we know that, for example, our carbon dioxide emissions reduced by about 7% over the year. And that's not actually a very big reduction when you think about the massive change to our lifestyle. Um, So in terms of what we saw for a single year, we haven't had an impact on the climate. But I think more importantly, this kind of puts us on a really sort of optimistic footing that we know that we have to repeat these emissions reductions going forward, but we don't want to do it in a way that's destructive to our economies. But now we've experienced what it's like to do more video calling, less traveling to conferences. You know, we've had all this terrible kind of disruption to our economies, but we can build back better. That's the that's the buzzword, if you like, build back better or build back greener. So we can use this as an opportunity now, we're at a crossroads, if you like, to actually put stuff back in place that's better than we had before in all sorts of ways. It's better for our lifestyles, it's better for our economies, and in the long run, it's better for the climate. So it's kind of a, you know, a real opportunity now that we can set sail on a more sustainable future. Dr Chris Jones talking to me earlier. As Chris explained, despite the extreme changes in lifestyle and disruption to business caused by COVID-19, emissions reductions throughout the epidemic have been too small to have a significant impact on global climate. So how can scientists, governments and individuals understand and tackle climate change? These will be key talking points in an online climate science conference being hosted by the Met Office next week. To find out more, I spoke to Met Office climate scientist and conference science lead, Professor Peter Stott. The theme of the conference is all about how we develop science for the resilient future that we all want to have as we tackle climate change and go to this net zero world in which we have net zero emissions of carbon. We've got a range of different themes looking at that in detail. We've got a whole range of different panellists. We're very pleased that we've got the 
president of COP, Alok Sharma, who's going to present to us. And also we've got the government chief scientist. Also, we've got a hub in South Africa as well. It's going to be very interesting to hear that perspective from the Global South as well. Tell us about some of the themes. Give us some headlines. So um, what we're doing here is we've got uh, four basic themes. One of them is looking at the the risks from uh, extreme weather events and the climate change, both now and in the future. One of them is looking at the what we're calling high impact, low likelihood outcomes of climate change. And if you think about things like the Antarctic ice sheet, for example, which we know is very vulnerable to uh, climate change and which could reach a tipping point in which a large chunk of it could melt and lead to sea level rise. That's an example of the sort of thing we're looking at there. We've also got a theme looking at how we get to this net zero world. So how what are the strategies that we need to do to take us there, the pathways that will take us to, to this future world where we're not emitting carbon anymore? And then the fourth one is about how we develop resilience and also how we think about co-benefits. So, for example, if you think about air pollution or you think about health, there are lots of ways in which we can tackle those issues at the same time as tackling climate change. So we call those co-benefits. So, for example, if we find new low carbon ways of travelling around, some of those will be better for our health because they'll involve walking or cycling, for example. Peter, how important is it for this gathering, this community of climate scientists to come together and also engaging with policymakers? I mean, the last year or so, um, there's been an increasing focus, I would say, in the media, particularly about climate change, Um, notwithstanding the fact, of course, we've been going through the the COVID pandemic, uh, which incidentally, I think, has shown everybody really, the big changes that potentially need to be made when faced with such a global challenge. And the climate crisis is, is of course, a, a huge global challenge that we're very, very clear in terms of the science and also in terms of the governments. Most of the governments in the world are also very clear that this needs to be tackled urgently. Parts of the UK have once again been plunged back into winter conditions over the last few days and, in fact, much of Europe has been under a pool of cold air. The reason for this lies to the north, where an unusually strong high-pressure system sat over Greenland has resulted in a southward shift of the jet stream. Now, the jet stream marks the boundary of cold air to the north of it and warm air to the south. So the UK tends to be colder when the jet stream is to the south of the country. And when it lies to the north of the country, well, that's when the air is warmer. Well, this week, the jet stream has been way to the south of the UK. This, coupled with low pressure, has brought cold winds, rain and snow. Earlier, I spoke to Lee Schofield. He lives in Carbridge near Aviemore in the Scottish Highlands and described weather conditions over the last few days. So, Lee, what happened when you woke up the other morning? What greeted your eyes? Well, I think the first thing I noticed is when I opened my eyes, the curtains were still closed, but I could tell just how bright it was outside. Uh, brighter than normal really so when I looked through the curtains and saw the amount of snow had fallen and what was falling I was uh, slightly surprised to say the least. Was it picture perfect? Was it something that looked really pretty or are people a bit sick of the snow in the highlands they you know because they've got to get from A to B? Well it was a combination of the two really because there was a lot of problems on the A9 which is the main route between here and Inverness so a lorry stranded for hours there was people stuck trying to get to work so for some people, they saw it as like, oh, no, we're back to winter again. We Suddenly we've got these issues with travel once again. But kids were off. They were out sledging, enjoying the snow. And I think it was just a case of let's enjoy the last bit of snow we're going to see before winter comes again. How rare is snow in the Highlands in May? 
Well, we generally see some snow falling in May every year, really. Normally just a case of wintry showers. So you wake up to some slushy, icy deposits on the windscreen of the car and it's gone by sort of nine o'clock. So to see this kind of heavy snow falling in May is quite unusual. We've lived here for seven years and I've never seen anything like this in May before. Now, speaking to some local people who've been here longer than me, they did. They say every nine or ten years we do see a fall like this. And I think the thing that made it quite quite strange yesterday is the fact there was still snow on the ground at 7pm yesterday evening, which is unusual. That was Lee Schofield. And you may want to check out his Twitter feed, at Highland Weather, for some early May snow pictures from his Highland village. So what are weather conditions looking like for the UK through the weekend and into next week? Here's Aidan McGiven. For the first time in a while, we are forecasting some warmer weather this weekend, but not for all. And we will pay the price with unsettled conditions, particularly during Saturday. In fact, Northern Ireland, much of England and Wales get off to an unsettled start on Saturday morning with wind, rain, some heavy and persistent rain in places and coastal gales towards the southwest. Now, that wet and windy weather will move north across the UK during Saturday morning and early afternoon. And after a bright but chilly start for Scotland, well, the rain sets in here and it will feel cold. Meanwhile, the wet weather continues in some western parts of the UK, heaviest over hills and especially for South Wales, where widely 50 millimetres of rain is expected during Saturday even more over the Brecon Beacons, and that could lead to uh, difficult driving conditions at times, a yellow warning in force. Having said that, across parts of southern England and Northern Ireland, it will dry up and brighten up during the afternoon, and as that happens, temperatures will rise, 16, 17, and if we get some sunshine, 18 Celsius is possible, a good deal warmer than it's been for the last couple of weeks into Sunday and the last of the rain moves into the far north of Scotland. Brighter conditions elsewhere, albeit with quite a few showers, especially towards the northwest. But in the southeast, we've still got that warmer air in place. And with a bit of sunshine on Sunday, well, temperatures could reach 20 or 21 Celsius. That warmth then moves out of the way early next week. And in fact, through much of next week, it's unsettled with showers or longer spells of rain. And although it's not going to be particularly warm, temperatures won't be far from average through next week. And we will lose those overnight frosts. Thanks, Aidan. Just before we go, here's Martin Bowles with last week's highs and lows. Here are last week's weather extremes observed between Monday the 26th of April and Sunday the 2nd of May. The warmest place of the week was Wisley in Surrey, which recorded 18.6 Celsius on Tuesday. Cold nights continued last week in many places, especially in Scotland and Northern England. Our lowest measured air temperature was minus 5.8 Celsius at Shap in Cumbria in the early hours of Saturday morning. As we move through spring, the days are getting longer. The observation station at Tyree in the Inner Hebrides measured 14.2 hours of sunshine last Friday. There was more rain around last week compared with previous weeks. Parts of South Wales had a particularly wet day on Wednesday. 30 millimetres of rain was recorded that day at the MOD station at St Athen near Cardiff Airport in South Glamorgan. Thanks, Martin. That's it for Weathersnap. I'm Claire Nazir. Editor is Adrian Holloway. Weather Snap is a podcast by the UK Met Office.